Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. You can be seated. Listen, I think sometimes we, uh, we forget things. I think sometimes we forget the goodness of God, and I think sometimes we forget what God has done for us, and I wanted to remind you of that today. Uh, I want to remind you of the reason this church was planted, and I want to remind you of something that God has done today. I want to show you a picture behind me of someone who means the world to me, and I know she means the world to RJ. Uh, this is Amanda. This is RJ's sister. RJ's sitting right over here. This is, uh, this is uh, Amanda. And Amanda, uh, when, when I first met Amanda, she was strung out on drugs. Uh, she was uh, losing her family, losing her marriage. She was losing her life is what she was doing. And... I want to tell you something that's amazing that some people that don't, you, a, lot of you, most, a lot of you guys don't even know her because you've came afterwards. But as a small little plant church that met in a high school, as a small little plant church that met in a high school, um, we pulled together some funds. Suzanne is sitting right here and Suzanne played a huge part in this and helped finding this treatment place that's right down the street and got her into that treatment place and she spent many, many nights at that treatment place. Long term, Audrey, was it over a year? How long was it? A year and a half she spent at that treatment. And um, this was her post from uh, a couple of days ago that I saw online. Five years ago today, I completed uh, the, one of the hardest yet most rewarding uh, years of my life. I kicked my addiction to the curb and stepped into the life that was created for me by the hands of God, all accomplished through His mercy and grace. How amazing is that, that she is clean and sober and free. And I didn't, want, I didn't want today to go by. I didn't want today to go by without making sure that you knew that what our aim and our mission here is freedom. And our aim and mission is for many, many more Amandas to come through here and to experience God in a real way and experience God in real life and literally be able to say five years later, I completed that which God had called me to and I am free today and my kids will be free and no longer will that generational curse continue. It will be stopped with me. It'll stop with me and we are going to start a new, a new thing. God is going to do a new thing in my life and my family. And if you're facing that situation, I hope you make the same choice as she did. So, um, but I do want to make sure you guys know that that, that maybe would not have happened. It had not been for uh, some of the leaders in our church and especially for Suzanne over here that took the time to collect the things. I'll never forget whenever uh, we, we were in, standing in the cafeteria of the, uh, of, of the school and they said, hey, listen, you know, she has to have these things. Um, can, we, can, can we get these things? And I, I don't know if you went to Walmart or where you went to, but I know that a group of people went <laughs> and they actually purchased these things. Um, and, uh, and there wasn't a lot to give at that time. Uh, we've done big things since, but there wasn't a lot to give. And yet we said, I said, yep, we need to do it. Yep, we, or we were all in. And because we were all in, she was all in. And because she was all in, God stepped in and did what only he can do. Isn't that an amazing thing? I think you need to give God a hand clap because that's pretty awesome. 
RJ, I'm very thankful for you, my friend. And I'm very thankful for your sweet sister, too. I'm very thankful for her. I got a question for you guys today as we look at John chapter 14. Have you guys ever felt, <clears throat> have you guys ever felt like or had fear of or had an uneasiness about something that's getting ready to change? Have you guys ever had that feeling like that something big is getting ready to happen or something big is getting ready to change or that your circumstances are getting ready to change and there's maybe a fear there? I know for me on January 3rd of 2016, as I stood before the church and told them that, that I would be leaving and that we would be planting this church, there was, an un, there was, a, there was a fear within me. Not, not, a, not a I'm scared to death, but just an uneasiness within me. An uneasiness within me. Not because I didn't believe God could do it. I wasn't sure I could do it. Are you with me? And, um, and other people doubted me and I was like, well, they were like, you sure you can do this? I said, I don't think so, but we'll, we'll figure it out. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, but we'll figure it out together. Have you guys ever had that? I know before we moved to Georgia, I had this uneasiness um, there was a there was an uneasiness and, and a little bit of a fear when big things are going to happen. I'll tell you a funny story that happened to me. Wendy and I were engaged to be married, and um, about two weeks before the wedding, Wendy flipped completely out. All right, uh, she flipped completely out, and I had no idea what you know. She she I didn't know idea what she was even talking about. But she said these words to me. She said, "I'm afraid if I get married, I'm going to feel like a bird in a cage." And I was like, well, I'll feed and water you. I mean, you know, I mean, what's, what's wrong with that? And I said, I'll guarantee you, you're not going to feel like a bird in a cage. You're going to be great. You're going to be great. And so after a day or two, she was convinced that she was going to be great. And then she, we, we got married and the rest is history. But the truth is, is that there was a huge change coming into her life. And it was an uneasiness that was there. Um, Many people here today may have that same situation in your own life. Maybe, maybe there's something major that God's wanting you to do, or maybe there's something, maybe there's a job change. Maybe there's, there's a health change. Maybe, maybe your kids are getting ready to, to transition, you know, into new careers or into different locations. Who knows? I have no idea. Maybe God's starting to, to, to speak with you and direct you in a different path. I don't know, but I can tell you this. A lot of times that comes with uneasiness and it comes with a little bit of fear that can creep up on us. And that's what we're going to look at today. Now the main goal of the book here in John that we're in is this. These are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And by believing in Him you'll have life the power of His name. And we're talking about that very thing today, having life by the power of of his name. Now I want to remind you what's happened so far in the book of John. John has said, yes, I'm the bread of life. And he said, uh, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the light. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. He's told him all these things. I am all these things. And today he's going to do something one better. Now, as we just took communion, they too had just taken Communion. They had just had the Last Supper. That's what we celebrated today is this connection that we have with God. Now Judas, <clears throat> the betrayer, has now left the table. And Jesus then begins to tell of how he must die. And when he tells of how he's going to die, Peter says, no way, <clears throat> no way, you're not going to die. I'm ready to die with you and for you. <clears throat> and Jesus says, Peter before the morning, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to have denied me. So you don't, you're not as strong as you think you are. And that's what we talked about last week. 
They're sitting at the table. There's heavy anxiety. There's heavy worry about Christ. And then with all of that tension, this is what Jesus says, starting in verse 1 of 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And then Jesus, in some of his most famous words, says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know my Father, who my Father is. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip? And yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does this work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Let me pray. Lord God, we do thank you for these powerful words. God, we thank you for the word of God that directs and guides us and leads us. Thank you so much for your spoken word as well through Christ. And I ask you bless us today as we open up these scriptures and take a deep dive into what exactly you mean in the way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus' name, amen. So what's going on here is he said this. He said, I want you to understand something. You don't have to be fearful because there's plenty of room where I'm going. There's a lot of room where I am going. And so I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And you already know the way. And, and he says, no, Lord, we don't know the way. We have no idea what the way is. Well, the first thing, let me tell you this. There is plenty of room in heaven. I want you to know that. Some people have often said, well, gosh, man, well, well, well you know, how is everybody going to fit in heaven? Let me just give you some numbers here, just some numbers. If you take the book of Revelation and you take a look at the description of heaven, I want you to know that it's probably going to stretch from, from around Mexico all the way up to Canada. That's about 1,500 miles. All right. And from Arizona all the way to the East Coast, that's how big it would be. But it's squared. All right. So think about how huge that is. As a matter of fact, there have been people, theologians that have done some numbers and they've crunched some numbers. I'm not this smart, but they've crunched some numbers. And if 20 billion people were saved, okay, 20 billion people, this from the beginning of time until now, if 20 billion people were saved, uh, everyone would have a mansion and 75 acres. That's not bad, is it? That's not bad. That's the calculation. If 20 billion people were saved in the heaven that's described in Revelation. Everyone would have a mansion and 75 acres. And I hope a big old buffet of Chick-fil-A. Maybe a steak or two as well. The disciples were confused. 
He's saying, I want you to understand something. You can't go where I'm going, but I'm going to come back for you. And you know me and you know who the Father is. And they're saying, we don't, we don't know who the Father is. We, we, I mean, we, show us the Father and we'll, we'll, be, we'll be settled. Everything will be okay if you just show us these things. And he's saying, listen, I've already shown you who the Father is. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father because the Father is doing the work in me. I hope one day we can say the same thing where we says, hey, show me who Jesus is. And you can say, listen, if you've seen me, if you've seen me and you've seen how I handle things, if you've seen my work, if you've seen how I'm compassionate toward people, if you've seen those things, then you've seen Jesus. That's the way we're to minister to other people. And finally, Jesus says this. He says, I don't want you to be confused. I want you to understand that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Now, why would he say that? Why would he say, I am the way? I am the way. Well, here's why he would say, I am the way. <clears throat> and it's the first point. The way is not a direction. It's a person. I want you to hear that. The way is not a direction. It is a person. A few, a few months ago, I told you this. I said, the resurrection is not a, a thing that happened. It is a person. Christ is the resurrection. He's the resurrector of your life. Same thing, the way is not a direction. It's not north, south, east, or west. It's not follow these things. It's Jesus Christ. One of the things I often dealt with when I was doing student ministry is this. I often dealt with student ministry and people always wanted to know what they were to do next. They always were searching for what it was that they were supposed to do. They were searching and trying to figure out exactly what their life needed to look like. And I would always tell them the same thing. They would talk about college choices and career choices and on and on and on. And I would always say this. I'm going to say, listen, I want you to understand something. If you will connect with God, if you will give everything over to God, I promise you this. You will experience exactly what God has for you. See, the clarity doesn't come with you doing research or you doing the, uh, a test online to say what you're good at. The clarity comes whenever you connect with the way and the more, more clear it will become what it is that he has for you. Well, you say, well, how can that be? Well, let me tell you how it can be because he is part of the process of creating you to begin with. He was always part of the creative process. You guys know what it says, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit. But in the beginning was the Word, and Word was with God, and Word was God. He was there in the beginning, and everything that was created was created through Him. And it all came through Him. Even you and even me, He was part of the creative process. He understands you better than anyone else because He is the one that created you. Someone just showed me something beautiful that they created actually for the church. And you're going to see it next week. It's very beautiful. And it was hand created by someone here. And it's so, so beautiful. But I can tell you this, the person that created that thing, that he knows the ins and out of every little detail of what he has created. He knows the little, he knows maybe where there's a little screw here or a little nail there and where it's been colored and painted. And he knows the whole thing. Well, why does he know that? Well, because he's the one that created it. 
And so I always told the kids, I always said, listen, if you want to understand what it is that God has for you, if you want to know what your, 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 your life is to look like, connect with him and everything becomes clear. It does. The closer you get to him, the more clarity you will have. He's saying this. He's saying, listen, I am the way and I am the only way to heaven. I'm the way and I'm the only way. Remember before when he said he was the gate and that the only people that tried to get in were the robbers and the thieves, but that he's the gate. And to get in and get out, you have to go through him. And he's saying the same thing here. I want to read some scriptures for you because if you can believe this, the first believers were so committed to Christ that they were actually known as the way. Did you know that? Let's take a look. We're going to, we're going to Bible drill you for a second. In Acts chapter 9, verse 2, it says this. It says, He requested letters addressed to the synagogues of Damascus asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of, here it is, the way he found there. In Acts 19.9 it says, But when some became stubborn and continued to an unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation. In Acts 19.23 it says, About that time there arose little discuss, uh, disturbance concerning the way. But this I confess to you in Acts 24.14, that according to the way which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers. In Act 24, 22, but Felix, having a rather accurate knowledge of the way, put them off, saying, and then he goes on to speak. The way is what they were known as. So we are to follow the way. And they were so committed back then that that's what they called their believers. I do want to say something to you because I was talking to someone this week and this hit me like a ton of bricks because I was reading something and I knew this, I knew this, but I, I didn't, I don't, I didn't really live this and I didn't understand this. And it's so funny because, because I know that we are to believe that's what the whole book is about is for us to believe and to live. It's an interesting fact to me that we are to follow the way. It's not enough just to believe the way. I want you to know that. I want to tell you something that hit me in the head this week. Did you guys know that the devil is a believer? He is. He's a believer. But he's not a follower. He's a believer. He believes that Jesus came. He saw it. He, be he really believes that, that, that he rose again because he tried to keep him from doing it. Starting when he was young, starting when he was a baby. And then when he was going to start his ministry, he began to tempt him. That was a believer. We have to be followers. See, our belief should lead to action, which leads to life. And the way we do that is we follow the way. And who is the way? Well, it's Jesus Christ. Because I found when I follow the way, I discover that Jesus is the truth. I think a lot of us have Jesus in a little bit of a box. If someone says, well, who is Jesus? Well, here's who Jesus is. He came, he, he, he lived a life as a man, and he died, and he rose again for my sins. He, he defeated death for my sins. Man, 
That is the surface scratching of who Jesus is. It's the surface scratching. Listen, all of those times in the Old Testament, when you see that there is a, a, when you see a burning bush that's burning and they're speaking from the Lord, it's Jesus Christ. When you see all of these different instances where God shows up, remember he is the creative hand. When you read in Genesis, when you read that and it says that, the, that, that, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the scriptures in John says that he was there and he was the creative force behind everything that we see and do. Jesus Christ is much more than just the Savior. He's also the Lord and the creator and the way and the truth. He's the truth. John 16, 13 says this. John 16, 13 it says this, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. The Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about Holy Spirit in a week or two. The Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. I want to get you to understand this. I want you to hear this with your mind. And I want you to take it into your heart. Jesus Christ isn't doesn't just tell the truth. Jesus Christ doesn't just speak the truth. Jesus Christ is the truth. He is the truth. As we talked about just now in John 1, it says this, it says, in the beginning the Word already existed. It already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Literally, as we read this text of Scripture, as we read the Scripture... The importance of this scripture, it's so important. And why is it so important? Because this very scripture is who Christ is. He is the deliverer of God's word. He is God's word. He is God's word becoming flesh. That's why it's so important. He existed in the beginning. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. Apart from Christ, there's no other truth. Truth literally exists because he is the creator of it. He is God in the flesh. He is the truth come to life. He is the word come to life and all truth is God's truth. I want you to hear that. Some people always ask me, they say, hey, listen, I understand, you know, but why is it that some other religions, you know, some other religions, they have some of the same thing that, that Christianity does, that the Bible does. Well, here's the reason why. Because all truth is God's truth. All truth is God's truth. You know, when they find, a, this is amazing. It's always amazed me. This is always, people ask me, why, how do you know that God is the truth? And how do you know this whole thing is not just some kind of made up thing? Here's how I know. When you go back in the Old Testament and you go and you read in the book of Deuteronomy and you start reading some of the cleanliness laws back in, in the first five books of the scriptures, you start reading some of the things that God says, hey, I need you to do this. I want you to make sure that you purify yourself and you wash your hands and you keep your hands clean and, and all these kind of things. Can I tell you something? The fact that we just discovered what a germ was a couple hundred years ago, if even that, that wasn't news to God. 
That was truth, but God already knew that truth. And when I look back at the Old Testament and I see all of the different things that he commanded us to do, especially as it relates to cleanliness stuff, I'm like, man, God knew all along. He was watching after them and it took us idiot humans thousands of years to figure out what God already knew. That's why when people ask me, well, hey, listen, if you don't understand something in Scripture, you just follow it anyway. I said, I do because he's already shown himself to be the way and the truth. He has. He already knew. He knew all of those things. It's always amazed me. But I want you to understand something. He is the truth. He doesn't just tell the truth. He doesn't just speak the truth. He is the truth. And when we follow the way, we understand and we are obedient to the truth. Are you with me? When we follow the way, Christ, when we follow the way, then we understand and are obedient to the truth. And it's at that point, and this is the, this, it gets gooder and gooder. This is the best part of all. When we follow the way and we, and we understand and are obedient to the truth, that's when we realize that Jesus is the life. He is the life. What kind of life? I'm glad you ask. John 10, 10, as we've read almost every week here, says this. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. A rich and satisfying life. Well, why does he want to give us a rich and satisfying life? Well, I'm glad you asked. That's because he's the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He's already told him he's the good shepherd. That's why he wants you to have a rich and satisfying life. And it's not just eternal life. It's not. Do you really think, do you really think, I want you to think about this. Do you really think, that Amanda, who we showed earlier, can you bring that picture back up? That Amanda, who we showed earlier, do you really think that for God, it was enough to get her clean from substance abuse? Do you really think that he said, hey, listen, I'm going to get you clean and you have eternal life? No, that's not enough for God. See, God said, no, I, I don't want to just have you do that. I want to restore your family relationships. I want to give you a job. I want to give you new relationships. I want to give you a new life. I want to take the old life and replace it with the new. As a matter of fact, you've been living your life. I want to show you that I am the life. And I am going to give that to you. And you're going to experience that. And it's not because of your power that five years later you're going to be free. It's because of the power that's in me that you are obedient to, that's the life that Christ wants you to live. It is. It's the, it's the life that he wants you to live. So when you connect with and follow the way, you experience the truth. And when you're obedient to the truth, then you experience the life. And that is what Jesus means when he says, I am the way, I am the truth and I am the life. And so my encouragement for you today is this. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. If you've got big things coming up, know this. God is in 100% control. 
And if you will literally throw yourself into what he is doing in your life and take your hands off of it, you will see you will live an abundant life. You'll live an abundant life. I wish we had a, can you put the picture up one more time, Lynn? I wish you could have seen a picture of her before this. I remember, and I hope I'm not sharing too much, but I, I remember when she came to church that final Sunday, she looked gaunt and there were sores all over her face and arms and she looked very gaunt. She looked close to death, actually. And I remember the heaviness that I felt around her. But man, if you're around her today, all I see is Jesus. That's the truth. Is she perfect? No, neither are you, neither am I, but God is. When I looked at that picture and I saw that come across my feed, you know what I said? Well, there's RJ and Jesus. Not that RJ's not good too, but this is about his sister. There's RJ and Jesus. I hope you have experienced the life-changing the life-changing life that he gives and the truth and the way. I know she has. I hope you will too. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for today. Thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you, God, that we, even though we are concerned and we worry about things, even when big events are going to happen, Lord, we always try to handle it and we always try to keep hold of it and we always try to grab onto it. Lord, what we need to grab onto is that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And when we understand and follow the way and we're obedient to the truth, you give us the life. And we're thankful for it. And so we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear this life at all. You've already promised that our next life will be better than this one. And I'm ready for my 75 acres. And a nice mansion. Lord, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for what you're doing in this church. I'm thankful for the lives that are here. And God, once again, 1,000% we give this ministry over to you. Use us to allow people to experience you in real life. It's in the strong and mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may have come here today with a heavy burden. You may just want to pray about something at the altar. I want to encourage you in this. The altar is open. There's people that will come and they will pray with you. If you need prayer, you can come directly to me, directly to Jonathan. Let's stand up and sing our final worship song. And let's worship God. And let's leave at the altar that which we may have carried in, those burdens. And let's pray. Let's do it. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.